Welcome to the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. All the information you need to make the most of your fantasy football league with just a touch of sarcasm to keep you from taking yourself too seriously. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this latest episode of the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. Oh, yes. Welcome, everybody, to the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Saturday. Saturday, November 14th. Yesterday was the bad day, Friday the 13th of 2020. That's not good. Not good. It's not good? Well, Friday the 13th in 2020. 2020 has not been a good year. I don't know if you're aware of that yet. Is something going on? Well, a couple things. Oh. A couple things, and we'll, we'll get into those into news and notes. I'm in I'll, fact, pick, I'll pick up a paper on the way home. <laughs> I'm going to apologize to Dan right now. Wow. There's a lot of COVID sports updates that... Uh, He's going to get crazy upset with. <laughs> no, he, uh, he he called me and he goes, you know, I, I understand the COVID sports thing, but you got to let the rest of that stuff go. And I said, I can't. I just, I just can't. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> so um, check out the website, cffpodcast.com. You got questions, comments, concerns. No emails to read off today, but you know, feel free to send us some. CFFpodcast at hotmail.com or you can send them to Dan and he'll he'll forward them to me if he if he can. Um, strap nineteen seventy one at yahoo.com. We also have the fan line, 414-520-8249. Leave us your voicemails or text messages. We'll read those on the air. Last week, uh, our bets we did pretty good. Not bad, not bad. Um, we, we, we ticked down a percentage on, in our correct picks, but uh, we, have a, we have a new degenerate betting thing for everybody this week. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that, our, that's our goal every week, just to give you one new thing. Thanks to the laughing devil across the desk here. <laughs> and I didn't even do it. That's, that's the funny part. I didn't even no, do it. <laughs> no, but you talked me into it. Damn it. I'm finally getting close to breaking even on the money that I have all laid out from from the prop bets at the beginning of the season to the bets I've made so far. I was only I'm only down two hundred dollars, and then I put in this effing round robin that you introduced, and oh man, oh man. And I chickened out from doing it because I I did the research on it, and I couldn't I couldn't figure it out, so I just gave up. So, um, yeah, so we got that. We got the news and notes. We have. Uh, the must starts and don't bother us for week 10 of the NFL season. We have our sports, sports bets. And of course our fantasy girl of the week. Um, a full slate. Exactly. So maybe we should just stop the jibber jabber and get to it. Right. Masks are very important. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. And the truth shall set you free! That's right. Hopefully we'll be able to get rid of that sounder soon now that the election is over because, as I've been telling you, just wait until after the election is over. All this COVID BS is going to start to tone down and things are going to start to get back to normal. Now, um... Dan, Dan sent me a text with a, a picture of the of the TV screen with the with the news about how Wisconsin is climbing and COVID things. And he goes, I thought you said this was going to be over in uh, after the election. I said, well, I never said COVID was going to be over. 
you know, I, I said all the craziness where you can't do this, you can't do that, you have to have to wear a mask, you have to stay five miles away from everybody, and uh, I said that's going to start to tone down. Well, as we just as we just were talking about the the rules for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Well, such and, nonsense. Well, we were also talking about how about I, I keep hearing all these all these governors are saying, well, we're going to start shutting down, and people are just saying, oh, the hell we are, the hell we are. <laughs> they're they're already telling um, the guy who thinks he's president elect, maybe he will be, we don't know yet, but uh, Joe Biden, that um, you could take your proposed mask mandate and shove that up your little senile ass, <laughs> but uh, so that's happening. So there, there's hope. You know, a couple of days after they made that magical claim that senile old Joe might 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 have won the election, you know, we still don't know yet for sure. He probably has, but uh, we uh, we still don't know what what what's going on. But we do know that the COVID shit is starting to die down. You know, Pfizer announced that uh, their COVID vaccine. It is over 90% effective, and it looks like uh, it's going to be distributed soon. And uh, thank you, President Trump, for Operation Lightspeed. <laughs> Next, I saw a news article saying this. All of a sudden, a new study has found that indoor concerts, indoor concerts, they may be safe from the coronavirus spread. Who knew? And did you hear that uh, Ticketmaster uh, is making some kind of rule that uh, before you go to one of their concerts, before you, in order to go to a concert, in order to get your tickets, you either have to have to be able to prove that you have the COVID vaccine, have had the vaccination, or you have to prove that you're negative for a COVID virus test. So you have to have a negative COVID test. So then on Thursday, as we were talking about at our production meeting, the d- diminutive Dr. Fauci announced that <clears throat> the pandemic will likely soon be over with. <laughs> like, what? Isn't this the same guy who said that we're going to have to live with face diapers for years and we'll never be back to normal as we experienced before the pandemic? But be vigilant. Should everything just fall apart and... Biden actually get inaugurated in this country. His coronavirus task force, the head that he is for his coronavirus task force, is already saying that we may need to have a four to six week national wide lockdown, nationwide lockdown. Four to six weeks. The first one that tore economy apart during um, the amazing, before the amazing Trump economic recovery, that was officially only three weeks. Can you imagine? What a four to six week lockdown is going to do for this country. Yeah, they want to kill all the businesses that didn't get killed the first time. And then you're going to have uh, Biden trying to implement his national face diaper mandate because, you know, science. <laughs> or whatever he pretends he has for evidence that masks work. Meanwhile, in Wisconsin, did you hear our governor made a nation or a statewide TV address, his first statewide TV address, and he actually said the following. And I'm going to do this because people aren't going to believe this. I'm going to say, and I quote, or I should probably try and talk through a a face diaper. I don't have one with me. Oh, wait. Oh, no, I took it off. He said, and I quote, it is not safe to go out. It is not safe to have people over. It is just not safe. 
and it may not be safe for quite a while. Now, that's leadership of our state of Wisconsin. <laughs> Thanks in advance for your condolences, everybody. You know, we appreciate it. We've known we've been living with this for two years. <laughs> um, now, have you ever heard someone so scared, you know, in your life? I mean, I didn't, I didn't get to see the actual TV presentation that he was doing. My wife actually came down and said that uh, Tony Evers just did a, a statewide TV thing. So I had to go back and look at it because as she tell, told me what he was saying, and I was read, as I was reading what he was saying, I could just picture him like sitting under his desk crying, <laughs> saying that, oh, it's just not safe to do anything. Stop. So I mean, if you can't handle the job, step aside and let somebody with a backbone. <laughs> but now with the sports part, we're going to start. I'm going to start with the players, and then we'll get to the the creme de la creme of the whole <laughs> sports COVID thing. Kendrick Bourne was again placed on the COVID IR list this past Monday. However, he has since been released from any COVID protocol violations. Apparently, false positives. Jamal Williams. Wait, 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 wait. If you have a positive test, don't you have to do so many steps to regardless? That's in college. Oh. That's why Big Ben is going to play. Well, we'll get to that part too. Okay. Jamal Williams was reactivated from college, the COVID list, by the Green Bay Packers. Williams was only on the list because his roommate tested positive. That's, this is the thing. You get put on the list if you're in close contact with somebody who tested positive, and then you have to pass all these. You have to have so many negative tests and no symptoms, and then you can play again. In college, like in the Big Ten, you have to sit on, what, 21 days? Yeah, well, in college, it's anywhere from zero to 21 days. Right, depending on Big which Ten's, conference yeah, you're in. Big Ten's the worst. So Williams now becomes a high-value backup for the Packers and a flex for fantasy owners now that he is safe from the Rona, <laughs> right? Steelers place tight end Vance McDonald, Ben Roethlisberger, and Jalen Samuels onto the COVID list this week. Each of these players will be isolated for five days before they are considered eligible to play this weekend. Other than Vance McDonald, who actually tested positive, none of the other players actually tested positive for the virus. However, they were put into isolation due to close contact with McDonald. So that's how that works in the NFL. So, so the NFL has an easier protocol to get back. Well, than, they're adults. Than the Big Ten. Yes. Well, they're they're adults and they're not. You know, the the Big Ten, which has the younger players who are virtually, you know, immune from this whole thing. Right. Even if they get it, they well, don't really get it. Shrug it off. So we go to, <clears throat> you know, some people joke with me about the goat, Aaron Rodgers, but. Uh, Sometimes being a GOAT means more than just being a great football player. Sometimes it's about having common sense and knowing the way to say things so like, that like, people understand. Like just relax? Yeah, R-E-L-A-X. <laughs> Somebody asked him about the whole COVID thing, and, and he says that he's kind of skeptical about it. And this is what he said. Again, quote, You can dap up a guy after the game. But you can't eat at the same lunch table as a teammate, Rogers said Tuesday on SiriusXM's The Pat McAfee Show. You can go down to practice and hit each other and be in close contact, but you have to have plexiglass between you and the guy next to you in the locker room. Um, then he said, I just, I just think some of these things um, don't really add up to him. 
is what he said. He added that some of it is definitely for the optics. Some of it is probably based on science, but it's definitely changed the season for sure. So even Aaron Rodgers, the GOAT, realizes that this whole stuff doesn't make sense. It's, it's kind of like the whole thing where you have 90% of the sideline people sitting there without masks, but the coach is going to get fined $500,000 if he's not wearing a mask. Yeah. You're outside in the fresh air. You're already probably talking into your your playbook, but you have to have a mask on. But everybody else could be fine. Everybody else could be sitting around there without a mask. Ugh. So that's where we're at with that, which means we now have this. The COVID part's done, so we go to our weekly injury list. And we start with the Panthers running back, Christian McCaffrey. He had what, an ankle? Wasn't he sprained ankle? Uh, that kept him out all that time? High ankle sprain? Yes, I believe you're correct. Came back, and now he's listed as day-to-day. With a at, shoulder, right? Yes. Yeah. Shoulder injury late in the game last week. Uh, head coach Matt Rule said the team will be cautious with their star running back. Look for Mike Davis to, again, get a majority of the work for the Panthers with McCaffrey not being able to return this weekend. Can I take a little break for a second? Sure. Do, do I kind of sound like um, Dan Patrick? Dan Patrick. I was at Monday Night Football, and Henry goes, you know, I was listening to your podcast. I'm going, yeah. He goes, I had to, like, switch to the radio show because you kind of sound like Dan Patrick when you're talking. I'm going, oh, I've never heard that before. And I guess I, <laughs> we'll take it. That's right. <laughs> that's, a, that's a compliment. <laughs> so I just had to ask because I don't hear it. Well, no. if, if you were getting that, that Dan Patrick kind of money. That'd be fine. And and running your own show out of your own house. You, exactly. You'd be happy. Uh, Kyle Allen is done for the rest of the season after destroying his ankle, much the same way Dak Prescott did. Um, as soon as Dan sent me the text saying, yeah. did you see what happened to Alex? Or watch the video of Alex or of um, of Kyle Allen. I'm going, as soon as he sent me that, I'm like, oh, no, no. I know you too well. <laughs> There's no way in hell I'm watching that video. It's going to be gruesome. Uh, Alex Smith came into the game for the Redskins and promptly threw another three interceptions. However, he did come around and make a respectable showing for the rest of the game. So look for Alex Smith to continue feeding both Terry McLaurin and J.D. McKissick, the hey, new the new favorite target. Have they finished uh, etching his name on that trophy yet? <laughs> it, that, that had to be done that first week, right? <laughs> <laughs> this also means that Dwayne Haskins may likely find his way to fantasy rosters again as Alex Smith's backup, right? I think poor uh, Ron Rivera is kind of done with <laughs> like, him. I don't, oh. I don't know why. He's just done with him. Somehow the cancer chemotherapy is, is easier than this running this. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> my three-quarterback situation I have. <laughs> Matthew Stafford has cleared concussion protocol after being sacked late in the fourth quarter last Sunday. Look for him to pick up practicing again and – be the on-the-field starter for the Lions this, should there be no setbacks this week. Um, and then we have more bad news for my fantasy football team. David Montgomery, he's still in concussion protocol. If Montgomery can't play this week, which considering his performances so far this season, is no big problem for the Bears. Look for Ryan Nall to be the Bears' lead back. The Bears are also likely to activate Lamar Miller from their practice squad should Montgomery not be able to go. I didn't realize that they... Brought in Lamar Miller. Yeah, yeah. 
That was a few weeks ago. I'm like, did I get did I get that name right? Is that the Lamar Miller? Lamar Miller? That is the Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller. Uh, Browns running back Nick Chubb was designated to return from injured reserve on Monday. Uh, if healthy, it is obvious that the Browns will turn to him as their lead back. He should immediately return to an RB one situation uh, on fantasy rosters, meaning Kareem Hunt moves back to a flex option as Chubb's backup. Now, from what I understand, though, that's not this week. From what I understand, Chubb might not even play yet this week. Okay. Well, Hunt hasn't been everything he was expected to be no. with Chubb out. But No. No. No, he has not. And uh, that's it for the injuries this week. So we start with this promising event in the news. I would like to congratulate Mike Tirico, who is obviously listening to this podcast. <laughs> I watched him on Football Night in America last uh, this past weekend on Sunday night. And I noticed that he is the first person in the talking head business to correctly pronounce Tua Tagovailoa's name. My nationwide work to get this straightened out seems to be taking hold. I did hear a guy on the uh, Action New Action Network podcast yes. uh, pronounce the uh, backup Clemson quarterback's name accurately as well. Really? Yes. He didn't, he didn't say DJ Uyunglele? No. He did it right? Yeah. Oh. I was surprised. I, I heard. I heard it. I had, to, I had to roll it back and play it again just to make sure I heard it right. So we we got we got a list of growing people learning how to all say you, these names. All you needed to do is put it on the website so people could look at it. Exactly. Front page. Here you go. Right. Right below the the um. I always get this. I always forget the name of that section. Section. The bold prediction section. Bold predictions. I have the proper pronunciation for Polynesian names. That's all <laughs> they needed. All they need. Now if I could just get that preening Harvard grad, <laughs> Pablo Torre, to figure this thing out, I'd, I'd consider it a victory. Maybe you got to send him a link. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Jaguars quarterback Jake Luton is likely to get another start this weekend when the Jaguars play against the Packers. He looked pretty good this past week, filling in for the injured Gardner Minshew. He was a lot more athletic uh, than most of us would have expected from him, but... Uh, didn't have the mustache, though. No, no. He looked like a regular quarterback. Yeah. Right. Boring. Do not worry, Lamar Jackson owners. It is not Lamar Jackson's fault that he is sucking so bad this year. Word out of Jackson is that the defenses are calling up Baltimore's plays, which is, in turn, causing Lamar Jackson's horrendous play. Did you hear that? No. Yeah. So there it is. The fact that Lamar Jackson is not a quarterback, regardless of what his illegitimate MVP trophy says, <laughs> is the fact that the defenses are calling out plays which are causing his overthrows, interceptions, and him not being able to run. Yeah, he 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 made some comment saying that, yeah, we get up to the line and it's so discouraging because they'll, they'll yell out, run, or this, or um, they're going to switch to this, and... And so so he, they, know, they know by formation what right. they're already doing? Well, apparently, maybe Lamar Jackson doesn't realize this because he's not that smart. But Well, you know, I, I, I got I to gotta ask you, though, if, you, if you're going to disparage Mr. Jackson, you're going to have to put down Mr. Taysom Hill right next to him and look at the stats, and I think you're going to find out that they're pretty much on par. No, no, they're not. <laughs> Taysom Hill 
is a starting quality quarterback. He doesn't throw the ball. He, never throws the ball. Did you watch the game last week? He Once threw, he threw the ball. Twice. <laughs> Twice guess. in the five times he was in the okay. play. If you can count the number of passes a guy threw 40% on of his plays. your first two fingers, you can't call him a quarterback. But he was only in for five plays. That's he 40% lined up a quarterback his... twice. No, five times. He, Taysom Hill? He didn't line up a quarterback five times. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Three runs, two passes. And how many times did he line up at wide receiver? Uh, a few more. More than five. Uh, that I don't know. <laughs> that I do not know. Either way... He is a Swiss Army knife. Ignore the truth. Ignore the truth. Either way, he's a Swiss Army knife that is going to be the starting quarterback. In okay, so you got to start calling Lamar Jackson a Swiss Army knife because he can run and throw and well, do other things. apparently not. Not when the defense knows. But apparently, he they were saying too that um, Baltimore eighty percent of the time on first downs they run the ball. Yeah, that. So it's I, it's yeah. not like they're they really know what's going on they can just well eight out of ten times will be right yeah, yeah exactly so next next item the nfl in their attempt to stop what what they perceive as racism in their league made yet another racist rule well they didn't make a racist rule they just expanded on an already racist rule that Correct. they had <laughs> Correct. the rooney rule i know it's very little to do with fantasy football but it's something that needs to be discussed when the country was in the midst of rioting due to ignorant people getting angry over police shootings of arrest-resisting crimi criminals, the NFL changed the Rooney rule from you must interview at least one minority to now you must interview at least two external minority candidates for head, head coaching positions, one minority for any coordinator, um, and because apparently we don't care if there's that many minority coordinators we want them to be head coaches right yeah, don't work your way up <laughs> Start and the top. you must also um, interview at least one minority candidate for gm positions so now the rule states clubs will also be awarded third round compensatory picks in the following two drafts if a minority candidate is hired as a general manager or head coach so Here's just a little information for you, right? This is, again, common sense is not so common. <laughs> if you are trying to fix perceived racism in your organization, requiring teams to interview minorities, and then giving away draft picks if they do hire a minority, isn't that just as racist? Well, in your – say the say the first part again. You're, if you're fixing – Perceived, perceived racism. racism. Yeah. So they're not fixing racism. They're fixing a perceived, perceived racism. Yeah. Okay. So that's just as racist as the perceived racism they're trying to stop. So I, I, I think I'm right about that. I've said this before. If I were a minority, I would be even more offended if teams were forced to talk to me because of my skin color and not whether or not I'm qualified. And then we're given draft picks if they hired me kind of like throwing treats at a dog that sits or rolls over on command. <laughs> Whatever happened to hiring someone because, you know, they're qualified for the position. Well, aren't aren't the two top guys in line right now for head coaching jobs Black? minorities? Yeah. Well, and and again, I keep forgetting is um Eric Bieniemy in Bien Kansas yeah. City. Yeah. He was offered a head coaching job at his alma mater in college, right. and he turned it down. Don't talk to me about how there's none of these 
minority head coaches if they're turning down jobs. Well, he was the he was the first name that came up when they fired um, uh, what's his name in Atlanta. Oh yeah. yeah, well, and and again, I I don't know if I'd want to take a job in the middle of the season. Well, they they he can't, can he? I thought they had to. Well, yeah, because yeah, he's already got a he, job. He can't even interview until the season's over. Well, they're already talking that he might be the next guy in in the Jets. Well, I know this is this is crazy because is is there not a league rule that you can't? It's called tampering. Yeah, you can't talk to. Well, I'm sure. Just saying that, you know, because um, I don't know if it was the Jets saying these are all the no, talking heads, right, right, and, right, and. So I don't know if they're just going to talk to him after the season's over, interview him and everything. But the thing I, I don't get is, was it was it you or was it Dan that was saying that well, I, there's like here, some kind of a situation know. that Eric Bieniemy was... If it was it, smart, it was me. <laughs> well, no, it, it's a smart thing. So, <laughs> okay. But, so but I, I don't remember if it was you or if it was Dan saying that uh, they think that Eric Bieniemy is in line to replace Andy Reid in Kansas City. I, I would... It, it's like uh, what's his name in New England, um, uh, the the off, young guy, the offensive coordinator. Yeah, he's had a multiple. Uh, he's accepted a job and then backed out of it. Right. He's had a job and got fired. Yes, because he was no good. He's always come back to New England, and then the last go round, he didn't accept any opportunities. Right. So you kind of feel like there's the head coach in waiting. Yeah, like, kind of like the guy that was in Florida State, uh, Billy Bob Johnson or whatever. <laughs> what was it, Billy Bob? Anyways, the guy was behind the old guy in Florida State. He was there for so long right. that they were waiting for the old guy in Florida State to retire. And when he did, they Bowden? gave it to Bowden? Yeah, Bobby Bowden. And yep. there was a, the guy who's now in Texas A&M. Anyways. Yeah. So. Not, I'm, my, my knowledge of college coaches pretty much ends, in, ends with Wisconsin, <laughs> so just so you know. <laughs> Uh, I know where Dave Aranda is, though. So. <laughs> Baylor. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I, I don't care what you say. You are never going to be able to convince me that NFL owners are sitting in their office somewhere and saying, we can't hire that black guy, even though he has won all these titles in college or he's this amazing um, assistant coach in the NFL or whatever amazing accomplishments he has. Do you really think that the Jets – would have given Adam Gase the head coaching job if, if there was a qualified minority coach out there? I, 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 you know, maybe it's just me, and maybe it's just I was brought up differently. I, I can't really fathom that somebody that's trying to make money um, yes. for an organization. is going to say, I'm not going to hire Eric Bieniemy. Right, I'm not, or hiring, I'm not hiring the best whoever. qualified guy because he's a uh, black mean, guy. And, and I, I completely understand that this happened in our history. Yes. And it's something that we all have to work through or whatever we're doing right now. But I just, I don't understand the, the need to con constantly. They're in business to win games and make money. Right. It doesn't matter if the guy is black, yellow, green, blue, pink, purple, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. I thought I was the only one that thought that. No, the good, okay. the, I, I think if you're good at what you do, you'll, you'll rise to the top regardless. I mean, who, who's the, uh, there was a guy for the Packers. Uh, defensive lineman. I don't know if it was um, Henry or one of those guys. And they asked him one time uh, about Lombardi and his uh, predilection mm -hmm. because Lombardi used to take African-American players early in drafts and 
the board would get pissed off because they're like, why are you wasting draft choices on the, on this, you know, black guy or this right. or whatever. And he said, I don't see color. I see football players. Yeah. And to me, that's how it runs. It should be. Maybe we should call it the, oh, I know because he, he didn't do it because of color. I was going to say, we call it the Lombardi rule then. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, why is it the Rooney rule? Because, because uh, he's the one that said. He's a racist uh, asshole. No, no, he's the one that said that um, we should make a rule that has, where you have to interview a, a, a minority. Oh, so he put forth the idea. Yes, yeah. Okay. And then he went and hired Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Redskins wide receiver Terry McLaurin. Here's an interesting stat for you. Did you know that he leads all wide receivers with 367 yards after the catch this year? Did not know that. I didn't either. He's been productive regardless of who has been lined up behind the center, which makes him a high-end wide receiver one for fantasy GMs. No matter what, no matter who's throwing the ball, he's always been number one yards after the catch, which is, I didn't realize that. Packer receiver Alan Lazard is reportedly expected to play this weekend against the Jaguars. Jaguars. Wars. Yeah. You know, it's just being, Jaguars. It's just being Polynesian. Oh, okay. <laughs> Until it is more definite as to whether or not he is back this weekend, the most you should consider him is maybe using him as a flex if you're into gambling a little bit. Well, is, isn't MVS the number two clearly there? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just woke up. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's what he is. <laughs> And hey, hands of stone oh man first it was jimmy graham now it's mvs yeah and and now jimmy graham's catching everything in chicago it's like yeah unbelievable. amazing well the balls are coming to him a lot soft well that's true yeah <laughs> which brings us to this with the news over it's time for the must starts that don't bothers and we start with the quarterbacks my number one must start quarterback this week jared goff coming off a of bye week the last time you saw him he was getting destroyed by a miami so you might be wondering, why Jared Goff has a must-start this weekend? Well, look at who they're playing, Seattle. If there's a better remedy for a terrible outing, let me know what that might be. Did I? Maybe the Jets? No, actually, Seattle is on pace to set the NFL record for most yardage allowed. Really? This season, and by a lot. Wow. By a lot. Well, like like you said, Seattle allows the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks of any other team in the NFL this season. Five quarterbacks have scored at least 28 fantasy points against Seattle, and both Kyler Murray and Josh Allen have scored more than 40 points in two of the past three weeks. Seattle has also given up 21 total touchdowns and an average of over 362 passing yards to quarterbacks. That's an average. <laughs> yeah. It's not good as an average. <laughs> no. So that's why Jared Goff is listed as the must-start of the week for you this week. Lamar Jackson. What? What? Yeah, well, they play the Patriots. I thought you said quarterbacks. Well, I, I am. Oh, but, okay. Yeah, yeah. Enough said. Yeah. He plays the Patriots this weekend. A Patriots day defense that made Joe Flacco look like an all-pro. They gave up huge pass plays. And also looked horrible against the run, which is why Jackson, because he's like a, a running back lined up as a quarterback. Uh, like, like Taysom Hill. Yeah. I like I like Jackson to get out of his slump this weekend and get back to a quarterback one-type performance, regardless of whether or not the Patriots know before the snap what play the Ravens might be running. 
Also, Derek Carr. He has not put up amazing numbers the last couple weeks, but this week they host the Broncos. The Broncos' defense has been horrible. Not as horrible as Seattle's, but they've been horrible. They've allowed more than 250 passing yards and the ninth most fantasy points to the quarterback position. Who do you have as your deep sleeper at quarterback? Anybody? I have I have one. Yes. The, the latest the latest rendition of Blake Bortles. DJ Uyagalele? No. 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 no one, actually, one of your favorite quarterbacks preseason. Josh Allen? No. Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Yes, he's yes. looking very good. He looked really good last week. He, he looks great in, in garbage time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the Blake, the Blake Bortles Award. <laughs> oh, man. Don't bother for me this week. Cam Newton. You kind of know it's a theme every week when it comes to don't bothers. Basically, look at who is playing against the Ravens defense. But let's go over this one more time. The Ravens defense is giving up less than 18 points to quarterbacks on average. They also held Big Ben and Deshaun Watson to fewer than 16 fantasy points. They've also been tough against a run, which isn't good news for Cam either. You know, you had your unicorn moment from him last week against the Jets. Don't push it. And Kirk Cousins. Now that Dalvin Cook is showing up, I see the Val- the Vikings sticking with a run-heavy offense. And that isn't all due to Cook. Much of it is due to the fact that Cousins is the quarterback. He hasn't been impressive this year. Did you know, do you know how many offhand, how many throws he had last week? Um, It was less than 20, wasn't it? I, offhand, I don't know. I'd have uh, to look back. At why, why, while you're doing it, I'll, I'll you look. I'll, I'll Google it. Plus, they're playing the Bears, who have been you know pretty good lately against the pass, and this doesn't look very good for Kirk Cousins. My other don't bother this week, Matthew Stafford. Over the span that Kenny Galladay has been out with his injured hip, Stafford has averaged only a little over 15 fantasy points and four interceptions over that four-game span. Add to it the Washington defense, which has only allowed two quarterbacks to put up more than 200 yards passing and two touchdowns in one game. I'm staying away from Stafford this week if I had him on my team. Um, And that's assuming he comes off of the concussion protocol. Which moves us, what did you find? Uh, Cousins, he threw exactly 20 passes last week. 13 of 20. They scored thirty. They scored a 30, 34 points, and he well, had thirteen. Didn't Dalvin Cook have like six hundred yards or something? Two hundred six. Wow, that's all. That's all. <laughs> oh, plus the forty six receiving. Yeah. Which moves us to the must start running backs, and I start with this guy, Antonio Gibson. Last week the Lions were abused by Dalvin Cook, as you just heard, right? He had two hundred six rushing yards and two touchdowns on twenty two carries. Now I'm not saying Gibson is going to match that, but the stat line does point to something. And that's something is the Lions defense is not that good against the run. The Lions have given up touchdowns to running backs in the last five games in a row and 12 total touchdowns over that span. Gibson has scored in consecutive weeks, and Gibson also has eight catches in the two games that Alex Smith has played. Here's a little extra for you. This should also help J.D. McKissick, who should be also considered a starter in PPR leagues because he catches a lot of passes, and Alex Smith will be dumping the ball off. A lot. <clears throat> My next guy, Chris Carson. It looks like he's going to be returning from injury this weekend, and you should have zero hesitation getting him back into your starting lineup. Seattle is going to need to rely on him 
to help him control the clock and keep the Seattle defense off the field as much as possible. Finally, Mike Davis. With Christian McCaffrey missing another game for Carolina, Davis becomes the number one back for the Panthers again. While he has been the top back, he has averaged over 15 fantasy points, including a game against Tampa Bay where he had 20-plus touches. He's a virtual guarantee at running back. Sleeper for you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the well one more time. Uh, Troy Main Pope is supposed to be <clears throat> the um, active against uh or for the chargers so he should be uh he should be replacing um jo- is it joshua jacks or um justin justin jackson he's hurt he's hurt again right yeah so that's that's who I keep joshua kelly's the other yeah guy. oh yeah and kelly for some reason he's in the doghouse yes so he's not playing and um who um oh um the kid from the the kid from miami that went to the jets Oh, Kalen Ballage. Yeah, so he's yes. he, he's the guy standing between Tremaine, uh, Troy Main Pope and <laughs> and Kalen uh, Ballage actually did pretty good last week. He played week. well last yeah. week, so one of those kids is going to have a good week. Oh, don't bother <laughs> for me. We'll start with this guy, DeAndre Swift. Uh, he has the best ceiling in the Lions' backfield, but he just isn't getting enough action from the team. Over the last three weeks, he leads Peterson and Johnson in snaps played but he is only averaging under 13 touches per game. And that is only three more than Peterson is getting. He's also averaging under 11 fantasy points per game. And another guy on my team, always in the don't bothers, Jarek McKinnon. Really? Yeah. You can't trust him or Jermichael Hasty right now. I don't know. McKinnon's been pretty solid the last last week, three weeks. But but they become touchdown dependent. Oh, uh, I guess. Yeah, because they don't have a passing game. Yeah, oh, that's true. And they're going against the Saints this week. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, there's that. Oh, that, that little thing. <laughs> and they've been very strong against the run. And another guy on my team who lines up in the don't bothers, Devin Singletary. Just to throw more, more cold water on what I thought I would be my best team in the last few years. Devin Singletary has now scored single-digit PPR points in five straight games, and believe me, I know that because he's been starting for me and costing me victories. That that Zach Moss guy that I drafted, he's uh, starting to look pretty good. <laughs> Better option this week in <laughs> Buffalo if you have to play someone. Singletary has only one touchdown and just eight catches in his past five games. Wow. Takes us to receivers. Must-starts for me. Cooper Cup, number one. Both Cup and Robert Woods should be must-starts against the Seattle defense this week. Last week against Miami, Cup had 20 targets with 11 catches for 110 yards. Miami, I don't know if you know this, but they have a better pass defense than Seattle does. They do? They, they do, yes. <laughs> I'm going to challenge you on that. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Cup also has a touchdown in three of his last four games. My next guy, Travis Fulgham. He's been one of the top fantasy waiver wire ads this season. He is also averaging over 20 fantasy points since week five. Since that time, he leads all Eagles wide receivers in snaps, targets, routes run, and catches. I didn't even know that either. (laughs) And finally, Jarvis Landry. This will be the first game since Beckham tore his ACL for the Browns. Landry should be the new team leader in targets and catches, especially this week against the Texans, 
who have given up 13 touchdowns and the seventh most fantasy points to receivers. Sleeper for you, or did I name him with Travis Fulgham? You did not. This is my sleeper, Mac Hollins. Who? Wide receiver, Miami Dolphins. I believe he was drafted by Philadelphia. And as you can see by his his photo. Oh, he's he's got got an afro. He's got the best afro since Colin Kaepernick. (laughs) So uh, and it's not all nappy like Cam it, Newton's. No, it's it's uh, it's full and free. It's a 1960s throwback freak. Oh my god! But yeah, he's uh, he's possibly in like it's either him or Jakeem Grant to get the catches in Miami now that uh, Williams is hurt again. He's got the relaxer in there, huh? That's, <laughs> just to get the helmet on. <laughs> Don't bother for me at receiver this week, Devontae Parker. Despite his top wide receiver performance for the Dolphins, the matchup this week against the Chargers is not favorable for him. The Chargers have been pretty tough on receivers lined up out wide. They've surrendered just four touchdowns and the seventh fewest fantasy points of that position. Add to that the fact that not a single receiver has scored more than 15 fantasy points playing on the outside against the Chargers. That's some deep diving for you. There you go. Justin Jefferson. As we mentioned earlier, the Vikings have quickly changed to a run offense, which, I don't know, somebody on on this podcast, I don't remember who it was, but somebody on this podcast had said that the Vikings were going to be a run offense this year. Was it somebody really smart? (sighs) Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes he is, yes. (laughs) Uh, So, either Jefferson... You can't start him or Adam Thielen with any confidence. In the past two games, Jefferson has eight catches for 90 yards and zero touchdowns on only eight targets. When your quarterback's only throwing 20 times a game, yep. <laughs> there ain't a lot to go around. Plus, Chicago has allowed just three touchdowns to receivers this season so far. Mm. And finally, Marvin Jones. Surprisingly, the Raiders are tied in the NFL for fewest touchdowns allowed to receivers with three. Ooh. I think they're tied with Chicago. They got a craptastic defense, too. So <laughs> Yeah, apparently, but, you know, it's all these little surprising things you find. I know. You can make stats say whatever you want. That is correct. <laughs> they have also allowed the fewest receptions to receivers this year, which is just 80. They are also the second fewest receiving yards allowed to receivers with just 1,056. Jones may be the number one receiver again this week with Galladay out but he is not recommended as a fantasy start. And finally, the tight ends. Um, I only have one this week because the other guy I had, I don't know if he's even going to play. Did, did I, he get canceled this week like all the other COVID <laughs> games in college? No, um, uh, I don't know why he's why they said he was out. I just remember hearing something that Jesse James, who we talked about, who's yeah. is probably going to get more action for Detroit this week rather than TJ Hawkinson. But um, my other guy, Austin Hooper. His appendectomy is now behind him. Uh, He should be back in your lineup if he is considered active this weekend. Before his surgery, he produced double-digit points in three straight games. The Texans, who they play this week, have allowed four touchdowns and nearly 15 fantasy points per game to tight ends. Sleeper tight end for you? Tight ends are so horrible. (laughs) They're all sleeping. I couldn't even find a sleeper tight end. All right, don't bother, Zen. Hunter Henry is tough to keep Henry on your bench, but the fact of the matter is he has failed to put up more than seven fantasy points in three straight games. 
He also has not rec- recorded more than four catches in each of his last five games. The Dolphins' defense, on the other hand, have given up just three touchdowns in the seventh fewest fantasy points of tight ends this year, and they also have not allowed a tight end to score more than nine fantasy points against their defense. And finally, keep Tyler Higby on your bench. <laughs> He's been a huge disappointment this year. He has scored fewer than nine fantasy points in all but one game this year, and that is while playing in 54% of the team's offensive snaps. His 3.6 targets per game average doesn't even rank him in the top 30 at the tight end position. That's not good. That's not good. (laughs) So there are your must-starts and don't bothers for week 10, everybody. It's time to make some money. Ace Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. I gotta warn you, Clark. They don't play the same games here as they do at them regular casinos. All right, let's quickly go over the percentages. I'm at 44% correct. You, 52%. Still above the Mendoza line, but you fell another point. (sighs) Time to turn it around. (laughs) And we're going to do that by doing this. It's time to delve into the gambling degenerate world just a little more. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. Oh, <laughs> uh, we we've given you the straight picks, the the against against the line picks. We've given you the money line. We've given you over unders. We've given you parlays. We've given you teasers. We've even given you a one week of prop bets. Yep. Well. Just as I was starting to get my winnings close to my outlay so far this season, Wayne goes and sends me a a text and introduces me to the round robin. In Vegas terms, round robin means this. A way to get more money out of your pocket with promises of huge payouts. (laughs) The actual idea of a round robin is uh, it allows you to create a series of smaller parlays from a larger list of teams. So in, in, in... Drunk guy spending money terms. <laughs> As I've been doing most of the season, I take all my, let's say I bet eight games as singles. What I'll also do is I'll take take $5 and I'll make an 18 parlay. Big payoff, but the problem is that all eight teams have to win in order for that parlay to pay off. And that rarely happens. I think it happened once for Dan. Um was that beginning of last season? Yeah, beginning yeah. of last season, yeah. he uh, promised he wasn't going to make any college bets because he didn't know anything about college football. And then at the last minute, he just threw together five or six teams and made a parlay, and every one of them efforts won. Didn't you just have a big parlay? That win? was a teaser. Oh, that was a teaser. Yeah. Okay. So, but um, I have yet to win one of those parlays, and that's been seven years now. Okay. Time to shake it up a little bit. So so this way, let's say I have those same eight teams. I can do a round robin, which is you take the eight teams and you can break it up into two four-team parlays. Or high, again, it's a math thing, and, which and, is a little hard to figure endless out. Endless number of options. Right. Yeah. It's endless numbers. So what I did for college <laughs> is I did a five-team, took five teams, and I put them into a three-team parlay round robin. So that's actually 10 bets. So the way that works, instead of having a five-team parlay for $5, I now have 10 three-team parlays using those five teams. So it's basically 10 $5 bets. So I'm paying more at the beginning, 
but there's more of a chance to win money because, oh God, I hope I, 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 I explained that right. Cause you have, you have more, you have more combinations. Yes. Yeah. You have more combinations to win. Now, depending on the odds, it'll, it'll determine your final payout, you know? So, uh, it's, I tried to do that. Like I said, I did five teams and it said there's 10 bets in there. And I tried to look at those effing five teams and figure out what the 10 bets were. And, and I couldn't figure it out for, to save my life. So we went on our little Google, not the Google machine, but your, your little app machine on your phone. And I just put in round Robin parlay calculator or round Robin calculator. And I came up with this app. It's a really great one. And it's a, called the, the round Robin bet calculator. So download that. You don't even need to know how everything finished out. You just got to know which teams won in your parlay, and it'll figure out your wins for you, your winning money for you. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. Often, round-robin bets are bad bets. Rarely can you take a two-to-one effort betting sports point spreads and turn it into a losing day, but round-robins can do that depending on the odds you are getting. Uh, what did the guy say that you were listening to? He said the best thing to do with this is uh, on money lines. But yeah, if you're sprinkling the money line w- with your bets, take those and make them into a round robin. Right, because uh, all you have to do is worry about the win. You don't have to worry about a point spread. Correct. But I didn't listen to that, just like I don't listen to the don't use teasers on college games. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, I put together five teams in a three-team parlay, $5 each way, so that's a $50 bet. And I am taking San Diego State minus 11. I'm taking Oregon minus 10 and a half. I'm taking Florida minus 17. Notre Dame minus 13. And Indiana minus 7. So you took all favorites. I did. Okay. Yes. And uh, I believe my payoff in that, should they all win, should every everything win, is around $350 on a $50 bet. So... Next week, I'll let you know how this little delve into degenerateness paid off. <laughs> and we'll give you an update as to whether I'm doing that ever again. Well, if this if this works as well as teasers have worked for us so far, <laughs> then, then we'll be doing this every week. And speaking of teasers, <laughs> here's my thing that you shouldn't be doing. A six-point teaser in college football. Uh, you won last week, so you can, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. So I have, I'm using Indiana. Minus one and a half with the teaser points. North Carolina, minus seven and a half. Uh, Texas San Antonio, minus a half. Notre Dame, minus seven and a half. Texas Tech, plus five and a half. Oregon, minus three and a half. UCF, minus 18 and a half. And Wisconsin Badgers, plus three and a half. Which we got at a great time. Yes, we did. Because when we made our bets... That was before they announced that Graham Mertz was going to play. Which, this is breaking news, and if you're listening to this live, oh, that's right, you're not. <laughs> but if you're listening to this before 6.30 tonight when the game plays. But as we're coming back from breakfast this morning, they announced that uh, Mertz was playing and the line jumped two points. So that I would have lost two points on, on my bet, so it would yep. have been down to one and a half. But I'm getting three and a half now with the teaser points. So there you go. I'm also doing a money line parlay. <clears throat> Indiana, Texas San Antonio, Utah, um, Texas Tech, Oregon, and Wisconsin. And then finally my singles. 
I'm going with North Carolina minus 13 and a half versus Wake Forest. That should be an easy win for North Carolina. Wake Forest, this not isn't good. basketball. Yeah, not good. Oh, they're not good in basketball either. So, <laughs> But there was a time when they had um, Chris Paul. That was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, I'm using Texas San Antonio against UTEP. Again, UTEP, not very good. I, I You could tell on these I'm taking all the teams that are playing against not very good teams. Well, that's the way to do it. <laughs> Notre Dame versus Boston College. I'm taking Texas Tech versus Baylor. I'm taking Nevada, which has been amazing. They're almost, they're like a West Coast version of my Coastal Carolina. Oh, there you go. They're playing amazing. They're giving up 17 and a half, but they're playing New Mexico, which. Shouldn't you have Liberty on your list of teams that you love? I, I, I would have had, I was looking at trying to do Liberty this week, but they're giving up like 30, 30 some yeah, points. Yeah, 34 and a half. Like, I, I can't. I know. I, I looked at them like, <laughs> no way. I wanted to put in my teasers, and I'm like, still giving up almost a quarter of a hundred. Yeah, that's like, crazy. No. <laughs> I'm using Oregon minus nine and a half against Washington State. I'm using the San, uh, Central Florida Knights versus Temple. Again, Temple, not good. <laughs> and then Wisconsin, this is the one that might not work out for me. Wisconsin minus three and a half versus Michigan. Now, everybody is saying that Michigan is going to upset Wisconsin this week. That's what all the smart and guys are saying. They're all going off the fact that, well, Wisconsin only played one game was against Illinois and Graham Mertz. We don't even know if he's going to play and blah, yeah, blah, all blah. The other and guys how good are, is he? All the COVID guys that they had out this like, week. Well, and, I watched three games with Michigan. Yeah. They're horrible. They're not good. Wow. There you go. What do you, what do you have for your college? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to give you as best I can. Cause <laughs> as, as you know, from talking about this this morning, we, we went over this at the production breakfast, so it'll be cleared up on the website. If yeah. You want. When, when they started canceling games, it kind of screwed my whole week, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just take a drink while you go through this. Okay. I'll give you what I can. All right. So I'm going to give you my game, just my games first. Cause that I have down. So I'm taking Middle Tennessee plus the 23 and a half versus Marshall. And if you have time today, pour one out. This is the anniversary of the plane crash in um, that where the Marshall, those of you that have seen the movie. We are Marshall. The, 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 what are the herd? The, the thundering herd. Thundering herd. And I didn't know, I didn't know because of the movie, I don't know if it plays that right, but the next season they won their very first game. Oh yeah. Yeah. Coming out of it against, um, Ah, it doesn't matter. I can't remember. <laughs> it was 35 years ago. Yeah, I was like, I don't remember. I was a kid then. Um, I'm taking Kentucky, given 16 and a half to uh, Vanderbilt, as Dave likes to say. They're not very good. They're not very good at all, <laughs> Vanderbilt. Oof. Not good. It's, it's not a typing contest. <laughs> uh, I, you know, that, again, that just shows how old I am. Nobody types anymore. It's, that doesn't make any sense. I remember having you take typing class right? in high school. Yeah. yeah. And you think Hated with all, that. You think with all the handheld devices, that would be handled, but nobody types with their hands anymore. No, it's all their thumb. It's just your thumb. Yep. Okay. Back, back at it. I'm going to take Indiana. Minus the seven and a half against MSU. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not the only one thinking that we're crazy taking Indiana. Their their defense looks really good. Indiana looks really good. Yeah. And Michigan State looks just as horrible as Michigan. <laughs> Although they beat them, so they're probably better. Um, I am taking South Carolina plus 11 and a half against Old Miss. Now again, Old Miss likes to run the, run the uh, score up, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Now we'll go to my we'll go to my money line. I'm taking Miami. This is a parlay. 
Am I doing this? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm just right, gonna right? get. Oh no, no. You just gave me money line picks. Did I? I oh yeah. So over over unders was a parlay. Yeah. You're correct. Yep. Yeah. My money lines are Miami uh, plus one eighty, one oh eight. Sorry. Um. Let's see if I can find them. <laughs> Want me again? I got Army plus 170, Illinois. Sticking with those military academies. Yeah, well, I'll lose the Army game for sure. And whatever whatever I say about Notre Dame, I'll lose that one. Right. Uh, Illinois plus 215, Nebraska plus 128. Watch for Nebraska the rest of the year. You can bet them almost every week. Really? Yeah, just watch them. Uh, BC, taking BC to beat Notre Dame. <laughs> You letting, in, your, you're letting your heart talk in the you? in the look ahead game. I hate Notre Dame, <laughs> but I'm getting 540 on the money line, so I'll take it. Uh, I believe that's all my money lines. Yep. And then um, over unders, I'll just give them to you. There, there's I put them in parlays, and those are all on the website. Um, it's too complicated to go through and explain them all to you now. Right. But anyway, I took uh, TCU versus West Virginia, the over at 45 and a half. Fresno State, Utah State, the under at 55 and a half. South Florida against Houston, the under at 58 and a half. Colorado Stanford, the over at 55 and a half. Uh, as, as, as Dave did, the Baylor Texas Tech game, taking the under at 57 and a half. Taking Oregon Washington State, the over at 56 and a half. South Carolina Ole Miss. Uh, 71 and a half, the under, Florida State and North Carolina State. Again, should be a basketball game. Uh, 60, <laughs> 60 and a half, taking the under. And UL, UNLV versus San Jose State, uh, 58 and a half, the under. South Alabama, University of Louisiana, Lafayette. That game wasn't canceled. It wasn't canceled? No. Well, then I'm taking it. <laughs> taking the under, 54 and a half. Uh, UTSA against UTEP, the over of 45 and a half. And I believe that might be it. Yeah, that look, no, I took Florida and Arkansas, the under at 62 and a half. There you go. There you go. Which moves us to the to the pros. Oh boy. The part that everybody likes to hear about. This is this is what everybody's Oh yeah, got the money on. Yeah. This is this is where I'm starting. I'm starting with Cleveland. Minus three and a half versus Houston. I'm also taking the over of 53. So like I said earlier, there's whispers that Chubb may be back for this game. Despite the injury to Beckham, Mayfield has looked better without him and the drama he brings to the team. Last week, the Houston defense made Jake Luton look like Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, and the defense has been allowing an average of 31 points per game. I think Mayfield is going to be able to put up as many points as he wants to in this game. That's why I like them minus a three and a half, and I like the over 53. I also have Green Bay minus 14 against Jacksonville. This spread was a little bigger than I would have liked to have seen, uh, which is why I'm covering it by using Green Bay in my teaser later on, <laughs> which is a teaser for you. <clears throat> Even with that said, I think the Packers should cover this spread easily. The Packers continue to run away with the NFC North on their way to a number one seed in the playoffs. I have Miami minus two and a half versus the Chargers. This could be the most exciting game of the week. Miami got a huge win last week, and Tua Tagovailoa is looking like everything he was promising everybody he would be. On the other side, Justin Herbert continues to cement his rookie of the year status. And with all that said, I'm taking Miami, although it could truly go either way. 
I have New Orleans minus 9.5 versus San Francisco. Picking a game with the 49ers involving, uh, involved is actually tougher than you might think because you never really know who's going to be in the game for Frisco, either offense or defense. They have literally been decimated by injuries. On the other hand, though, the Saints are very good right now. They're playing very well with their their next year starting quarterback. Um, <laughs> Taysom Hill coming in every once in a while. Michael Thomas is back, and the offense and defense are both gelling right now. Take the Saints and lay the points. Finally, Baltimore minus 7.5 versus New England. The Ravens are far from the powerhouse on offense that they were last season, but the Patriots are nowhere near as good as they were last year. It comes down to this. Who do you trust more, Lamar Jackson or the noodle-armed haircut needing Cam Newton? My six-point teasers uses Cleveland, Green Bay, Miami, New Orleans, and Baltimore. I have a money line parlay, Miami, minus 136, Philly, minus 175, Cleveland, minus 175, Seattle, plus 110 versus the Rams. And that's probably going to be the one that screws it for me. There's always one. Yep, yep. Um what else do I have here? And that that's it. Those that's are my it. picks. That's all? That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. Who do you have? I'm gonna I'm gonna do my teasers, then I'm gonna ask you for some help because I'm not sure what I did and I'll 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 read back. <laughs> I'll read back what I think I did. Okay. Um okay, so on my teasers, I have the uh Bears plus eight and a half from two and a half against the Vikings. Yes. Paired with Baltimore and New England. Uh, Baltimore and New England, correct. Baltimore at one and a half. Then I have the Chargers uh, at eight plus eight and a half from plus two and a half against against the Dolphins, paired with uh, Buccaneers. T- yeah, Tampa Bay, Carolina. And Tampa Bay is a pick'em from minus six against Carolina. Yep. And then my last one was Buffalo Bills. Yep. From uh, plus eight, uh, from plus two, uh, at the Cardinals with uh, the Seahawks plus eight. From plus two at the Rams. That's correct. See, I got that. I got that part right. <laughs> and then uh, for my my regular games, and I'm going to ask you if I gave you this one because if I didn't, I want to p- put it on there. Okay. Uh, Washington at Detroit. You did not give me that one. Okay, so I want to give Washington plus the four. All right. Uh, against Detroit, and then uh, Tampa Bay at Carolina. Yes. I'm taking Carolina plus six. That's correct. I'm taking Jacksonville at Green Bay. I'm taking Green Bay minus the 14. Correct. It's a lot of points to give people, but I'm giving it. That's right. Packers should have that taken care of. I give, I give, I give. (laughs) Uh, I'm taking Denver plus the – did I do Denver plus the five? You did. Okay, Denver plus the five against the Raiders. Yep. And then Baltimore – Minus seven and a half against New England. That's correct. I believe that's what I gave. And then you also took the uh, Buffalo money line. Oh, the Buffalo money line. And you also, oh no, you already gave me the Carolina one. That's it. Okay. And you know, like like we say every week, you can check those things out on the website, (laughs) cffpodcast.com, because it's always hard to figure it out while we're telling you this. And and on the COVID COVID weeks, it... Oh, my God. Screws everything up. Oh, the canceled college games this week or rescheduled college games. Dan, that's why we got to do the COVID update. I can't keep it track unless <laughs> Dave goes over with me. <laughs> so um, 
as we always say, don't bet anymore. You can afford to lose and it's only gambling if you don't know what you're doing. And as you can see, a lot of times we don't know what we're doing. That's true. <laughs> but hey, they're free picks. Use them if you want. <laughs> Get the money out to your, your local sports book. Apparently, there's going to be some opening in South Dakota. They just passed the... Uh, they voted to allow sports gambling in South Dakota. So all six people that want to gamble can exactly. do it? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it, everybody. It's time for the Fantasy Girl. We end the show like we do every week with a little bit of levity, a little bit of beautiful ladies. It's the Fantasy Girl of the Week. Check her out on the website, cffpodcast.com. On the Fantasy Girl page, do you um, do you even want to guess, like, the profession of this one? I'm going to say she's a kid. That's correct. She is? She's oh, a, I thought she's, so. she's a model. Oh, I was going to say kindergarten teacher, but okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Who models on the side, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Sarah Sampaio, everybody. Sarah Pinto Sampaio, born July 21st, 1991. She's a Portuguese model and actress. She's best known for being a Victoria's Secret angel, um, Giorgio, Giorgio Armani beauty ambassador, and she has also done work for Calzedonia, as well as an appearance in the 2014 Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue. She was the first Portuguese model to appear in that in that magazine. Hmm. Uh, Sampaio was first discovered at the age of 15, though she wasn't allowed to compete in modeling competitions until the age of 16. Apparently there's rules in Portugal. Well, of course there are. Yeah. Sampaio's dream was to work for Victoria's Secret. After her agency sent in headshots, she was asked to audition. However, she did not make it into the fashion show. She continued to pursue. Never let your dreams die, everybody. She continued to pursue the runway and made her debut in 2013, the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show, where she walked in one segment. During her sophomore performance in 2014, she walked in two segments. In 2015, she was chosen as one of the newest angels for the 2015 runway. See, you can achieve your dreams. That's right. Not until you're 16, though. (laughs) And in December of the same year, she walked for the brand for the first time as an angel. There you go. Sampaio grew up in the outskirts of Porto, Portugal, then moved to New York City to start her career. In interviews with Vogue, Sampaio talks about being photographed nude. She considers her modeling a form of artistic expression, and nudity is empowering. Sarah feels confident and said in the interview, at the end of the day, we were born naked, and that's the way we're going to go. There you go. You can't argue with that logic. Nope. Nope. Did, does she have a, does she have a place on the Joe Biden um, <laughs> hair sniffing yeah. list? Yeah, whatever the I'm team. sure <laughs> whatever he's putting together here. <laughs> well, she, he likes him a little younger. Oh, so, so yeah. w- maybe when she was sixteen. Donald Trump is for minors, or Donald Trump loves minors. Joe Biden loves minors. Oh well, there you go. There you go. That's how it works. <laughs> Frack that. <laughs> Sarah Sampaio stated on Instagram that she suffers from, okay, now I got to figure this out, trick, trichotillomania, which is a hair pulling disorder. Oh. Classified as an obsessive compulsive disorder, 
which causes recurrent irresistible urges to pull one's hair from the scalp, eyebrows, eyelids, and other areas of the body. See, I, I was going to say it was going to be, she was afraid of magician, magicians that do card tricks. <laughs> I would think that too. <laughs> or the number 13. But yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's triskaidekaphobia. There you go. It's so, so obvious. Yes. She was praised by fans and the media for raising awareness of this little known condition and has received many messages of support from fellow sufferers. The five foot, seven three quarter inch model oh, from Portugal. Short. Yes. Weighs 119 pounds. She has dark brown hair and green eyes, as you can tell in the pictures. She wears a size four dress and a size seven shoe. Her measurements are. Well, you know, the whole shoe thing gave it away. Exactly. So even though you can't see your feet. It, yeah, it's so obvious now. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know if we want to do this now. It's not even fair. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, Dan's already got them all written down at home, so it doesn't matter. Um, well, okay, I'm going to say. Where are you starting? I'm going to start in the middle like I always do. Okay. It, it, gives, me a, it gives me a basis. I'm going to go 24. That's exactly correct, 24. So let's go to the top. And I'm going to tell you right now, the one on the left is a push-up bra. Yeah, I know. That, okay. That, from the one to the middle to the one on the left, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Little tricks. Um, I'm going to go 35. Oh. Really? Yeah. 32. Oh. 32A. Much worse than I thought it was. So the yeah. push-up push fooled me some. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Okay. Now hips. Well, now that scares me a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna okay. Sticking with my guns. Thirty six. Ah, thirty four. Thirty two. Twenty four. Thirty four. Thirty two. A Sarah Sampao, your fantasy girl of the week. Everybody, check her out on the website cffpodcast.com on the fantasy girl page, and that's it for the show. Week Dan, 10. Damn, Ivanka Trump's got me completely <laughs> all thrown off. whacked out now. <laughs> hey, and if you're not sending us emails out there, take time to go out and rate the podcast or give us a thumbs up or whatever your... On, on all your podcast little listening platforms, yeah, Stitcher, what, whatever app, they give iTunes, you. Google Play, um, we're takes, on iHeartRadio. It takes 30 seconds. It does. Write a, write a click review. Click button, write a exactly. review. It's not hard. It, it helps move us up the charts. You know what? If you're if you're smart about it, you can name your own segment. You could. Worked for, it worked for one guy. <laughs> yeah, even though he didn't send in a question this week. Yeah, what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> the the only thing we had, the only comment we had this week was 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 Henry on Monday Night Football saying I sound like Dan Patrick. That that Henry. I'll He's, take it. I'm, I'm, every time. But that's it for week ten, everybody. Hope you do well. Hope you are on your way. There's only three more weeks left until the playoffs and in the CFFL this week is our trade deadline. Oh, after Monday night football, who got cut? Who got cut? Guillotine. Oh, the guillotine league. We lost our number one team last week. <gasps> what? Yep. Yep. Team, team, team. Chris got chopped. Chris, it just takes one bad week. My friend, <laughs> as he found out, <laughs> he had all his guys get hurt or they were on by. So, uh, again, good luck. Don't forget to send us email, cffpodcast at hotmail.com. You can leave a voicemail or text message on fan line, 414-520-8249. And um, until next week when we talk to you again with another full segment of segments, 
full segment of segments. We end this the way we always do with a be good. See ya.